Hi, I'm Taylor, and welcome to the TD Nutrition Podcast. Today we're talking about sugar. The one thing that we know we're not supposed to eat, but we eat it anyway, and we eat it in large quantities, and then we feel sick, but yet we still crave it. And I think most of us have this notion that sugar just makes us fat, that that's what it does. It it builds fat in our body, but it does a lot of other things than just that. So we're going to talk about all the not so great things it does inside our bodies when we eat it. And I'll talk about different um, ways it's hidden in processed foods under names that we may not recognize. And then at the end, I'll talk about ways you can crowd out processed sugar and replace it with things that are still sweet and will satisfy a craving if you do crave sugar, but will be so much better for your body. So let's get started. Sugar. Our bodies crave it more often than not, and yet we try so hard to avoid it. And if you look at why our bodies crave sugar from an evolutionary standpoint, like in the caveman days, sugar was a very rare food. But the sugar back then was all natural sugar. None of it was processed sugar. And all life needs glucose to live. Life converts what we eat into glucose so that we can then use it for energy. And this is how a lot of animals break down their foods as well and they'll convert it to glucose so that they have energy to survive. So as a result, humans would come across sweet foods, things like fruit, our bodies were wired to eat large quantities of it because it was rare. We didn't know when we were gonna come across it again. So we'd eat as, much of, eat as much of it as we could. And the problem is, is that we're still wired that way, but now we're living in a world where there's an overabundance of processed sugar. And our bodies will crave processed sugar even more than natural sugar because of its addictive qualities. Believe it or not, sugar is actually more addicting than heroin and cocaine. So you would think for it being so addictive that as a country, we would have better regulations on what companies put sugar in, but we don't. So it's perfectly legal to hide sugar in foods that we may think are healthy and they're quietly getting consumers addicted. So sugar is added to about 75% of processed foods. And if you think about it, if we were dealing with like drugs or alcohol, it wouldn't be legal to put those things in foods without consumers knowing. Because of this, it's very important that when you are purchasing foods or snacks that come in a package, even if you think that they're healthy, read the ingredients label. And at the end of the podcast, I'll be talking about the different names that sugar hides under. And it's a list. And I'm going to post the list probably on my Instagram story and also on my blog and either print it out or screenshot it. So when you go to the grocery store and you're looking at snacks, you'll be able to see the names that they could be using instead of just saying sugar or cane sugar. Because you could be thinking that you don't really eat that much processed sugar and yet you're craving it all the time and you don't know why. And yet this one like protein bar that you really like has sugar in it. And because it has sugar, that's why your body's craving more because it's getting a little bit by being aware of whether or not processed sugar 
is sneaking its way into your diet will just give you better control on making sure that you are eating as healthy as you can and that if you do have some underlying health symptoms or issues that you're dealing with that you're not accidentally consuming processed sugar which more than likely is making those symptoms worse there are two kinds of sugar recognized by the body and that's fructose and glucose glucose is what we use as energy so our bodies will turn what we eat into usable fuel and this fuel is glucose so glucose is what complex carbs oats quinoa brown rice, they'll turn into glucose once they've been digested by the body. Fructose, however, is not used as energy and it doesn't turn off our appetite hormone the way that glucose does. As a result of this, we're able to eat large quantities of processed sugar, like a whole box of cookies or an entire pint of ice cream, we've all done it, and we'll still feel hungry afterwards. Versus glucose, it fills you up. It tells your brain when you've had enough. So you could eat a whole bowl of berries or whatever your favorite fruit is to snack on, and eventually you're gonna feel full and you'll stop eating them. So now that you kind of understand how addictive sugar is and the difference between like a natural sugar glucose and a processed sugar fructose, I'm gonna talk more about why sugar is so bad for you. Sugar disrupts our hormone production which creates hormone imbalances in the body. Sugar is responsible for inflammation in the body, which inflammation can lead to cancer, or if you have cancer, inflammation tends to feed cancer. And that's why like, if you are a cancer patient, it's so important to focus on like an anti-inflammatory diet. But even if you don't have cancer, everyone can benefit from an anti-inflammatory diet because the less inflamed your body is, the easier it is to heal from whatever it is, whether it's a night of drinking, or you had a bad case of the flu, or a cold, or you had COVID. When you reduce inflammation in the body, your body heals. And sugar is something that does the exact opposite. And sugar also destroys our natural gut flora, which I talked a lot about in the last two episodes. So this does the exact opposite of what all the prebiotics and the probiotics do for your gut flora. There is also a misconception that sugar alone creates issues for our bodies, which it does create issues, but there's a bigger issue, and that's when you combine sugar and fat. That ends up straining our organs even more. So we all know that sugar spikes our insulin levels. But when you eat processed sugar, it spikes them more than what is normal for our bodies. So then when you take eating processed sugar and you combine it with a fat, like when you eat ice cream, cookies, donuts, cakes, etc., the fat in these foods, which is usually not even a healthy fat, it strains our liver and our pancreas. So then you have this combination of insulin levels being too high, Your liver and pancreas have to work extra hard to get this thing that you just ate digested and out of your body. And when you eat things like this too often, you develop what is called insulin resistance. And insulin resistance can even just develop from eating a meal that's just simply too high in fat, such as foods that have been fried in oil. And this includes uh, air frying your food. 
If you do air fry your food, don't air fry it in an oil, just air fry it by itself first. And then you can toss a little like plant-based oil on at the end. But when you fry something in oil, no matter what oil it is, and it's at this really high temperature, it's changing the way your body responds to it once you've eaten it. So after you've eaten a meal that's high in fat and also probably or possibly high in sugar, insulin produced by the pancreas, it would typically bring the sugar into your cells as fuel. But when there's too much sugar in the body at once from a really heavy meal or too much sugary snacks, you'll often get all this sugar floating around in the bloodstream with nowhere to go. So then the liver has to work to clean up the blood so you don't have this extra sugar in the blood. And then the liver decides, okay, there's so much in here, I'm gonna just store this sugar in case of like starvation because I don't know what else to do with it. And then that's when you start seeing yourself gaining weight. And by heavy meal, I don't mean like a large meal because you could have a really large meal made up of super healthy foods. I mean more of a heavy meal that's heavy in fats and processed foods and also sugars. If you are eating meals like this too often, eventually the liver is gonna get fatigued from doing this so much, trying to like extract all of that floating sugar in your blood. And then it'll start leaving that sugar in your bloodstream, which creates issues. And this is where you can see like autoimmune disorders developing because when you have foreign particles in the blood, the immune cells start attacking it because it thinks it's an invader. And something that I forgot to mention in like the gut health one um, was like, I think I mentioned leaky gut, but leaky gut is when the gut lining is thin, gets thin and you have food particles that have been undigested and they're very small, but they get into the bloodstream. And then the immune cells attack these food particles because it thinks it's an invader. And that's when you get autoimmune disorders because we think our body's attacking itself, but it is in fact attacking some sort of pathogen because it thinks it's a pathogen. It doesn't know it's an undigested particle of food because our blood doesn't absorb food that way. Our blood doesn't break down food particles or sugar particles. It needs our digestive tract to do that. So back to sugar. Uh, large heavy meals, like having like a cheat meal, um, and say you kind of splurge and you go get fast food and then you want ice cream for dessert, and then you decide, oh, well, you know what? Tomorrow, I just won't eat because I had a really big dinner tonight and I'm just not gonna eat tomorrow. It'll be fine, it was unhealthy, and I'll just like kind of fast tomorrow. So you'll have this large meal that's high in sugar, and fats and probably other preservatives since it's a highly processed meal. And then it'll be followed up by this like glucose dry spell. And that would be you not eating the next day because you're trying to kind of overcompensate for this cheat meal that you just had. That results, if you do it too often, it, it can result in type two diabetes. And so what I suggest is I'm all for cheat meals. Like I like to follow the 90-10 rule. So you're good 90% of the time and then you, you know, cheat 10% of the time. So have a cheat meal, that's great. But the next day, don't not eat anything. Try to eat a lot of healthy foods the next day. Drink lots of water. And by healthy foods, drink or eat fruits, vegetables, foods high in fiber so that it will help flush everything out from the previous meal. 
and it just helps keep your glucose levels stable versus like not having any sort of energy coming in. And then that further makes your liver think that it does need to store fat because you have this like heavy meal and then there's nothing. And so your liver thinks that, okay, we're going to save all of this sugar and store it as fat for when we need it versus having some sense of consistency. It's really better in the long run. And and by consistency, just have a cheat meal, but then go back to eating healthy the next day. Sugar also feeds candida, which is a fungus that lives in the digestive tract. I mentioned it in a previous episode, and I did say that we all need a normal level of candida because it does help our bodies digest and absorb foods. But if you eat too many processed foods and too much processed sugar, and maybe you you know don't get much sleep, you take antibiotics too often, it will cause the candida to grow out of hand and create a lot of uncomfortable symptoms like thrush in the mouth, tiredness, fatigue, recurring UTIs, digestive issues, sinus infections, skin and nail fungus, and joint pain. Candida overgrowth is often triggered by a bigger issue in the body, such as something like Lyme's disease, shingles, Epstein-Barr virus, which is commonly known as mono, herpes virus, strep bacteria, which I mentioned in the previous episode, and diabetes. It's also important to keep in mind that candida tests can be inaccurate and they may show no presence of overgrowth when, however, you do in fact have it. But the reason why it may not be showing up that you have an overgrowth is because something deeper is going on and it's just not coming up on labs. And that could be something like I just mentioned. I know for me personally, uh, when I was diagnosed with Lyme's disease, I ended up finding out that I did have candida overgrowth and it was pretty severe um, and so severe that I'm pretty sure it was the candida itself causing my skin to have a rash. So just remember that candida usually comes along with a more serious issue. And if you haven't been diagnosed with a more serious issue, maybe try to find one if you think you may have one. And if you don't think you have one and you just randomly have candida overgrowth, I mean, it's possible, but I'm just saying to like look out for a serious issue if you happen to notice that you have candida overgrowth. When someone is told they have candida overgrowth, they're typically told to avoid sugar to prevent it from growing more. But people will often then cut out fruit in the process of doing that. They'll just lump it all together Um, which is actually a big mistake because all sugars are not the same. Uh, As I mentioned, fruit sugar um, is glucose and not fructose. And fruit actually doesn't even touch the intestinal tract, which is where the candida lives. Fruit typically goes to our stomachs and is absorbed by the body pretty quickly. And fruit can actually help get rid of candida. Um, And I know that when I was told that I had really high levels of candida, it was recommended to cut out all sugar. So I cut out all sugar, even fruit. And then a couple months later, I had some labs done again and it showed my levels went up even higher. And I was like, that is so strange. And then fortunately uh, in school, we were learning about candida and it was suggesting to eat fruit. So I thought I'd give it a try. And sure enough, I started eating fruit. And a couple of months after that, my levels started dropping. So from personal experience, I can definitely say that if you ever are diagnosed with candida overgrowth, 
Cut out all processed sugars, but do leave in fruit because they are very helpful at getting rid of it. And a good rule of thumb to kind of follow if you are dealing with candida overgrowth is to follow a low fat, low protein diet and obviously low processed foods and low in sugar. Another area that sugar worsens are um, people with autism or ADHD that eating processed sugar makes those conditions worse. And so usually when people are told they need to cut out sugar, they end up doing what people with candida do. They cut out all processed sugar and fruit. Um, but fruit is very helpful in providing vitamins and antioxidants, which are essential to being healthy for everybody and especially those dealing with autism and ADHD. So now I'm going to talk about ways to crowd out processed sugar from your diet. So for starters, many healthy snacks contain a large amount of sugar and we don't even know it. And then it makes you crave more sugary things. So here's a short list of foods that you may not realize contain high amounts of sugar. And this is a very short list. It's probably the things that contain the highest amounts of sugar that you don't know. You may already know about them. But of course, just read the ingredients to anything that you're buying and see if it has sugar in it. Low fat yogurt usually contains added sugar. Full fat yogurt doesn't contain added sugar. But again, depending on how sensitive you are and symptoms you may be dealing with, yogurt may not be the best choice for you to eat. But if you're someone with no symptoms and no gut issues, then pick uh, full fat yogurt over low fat. Dried fruit. A lot of times dried fruit is sweetened with sugar. So you just need to make sure when you're buying dried fruit, you buy unsweetened dried fruit. And dried fruit's actually a really great healthy snack, something to snack on throughout the day, but just make sure that it's not sweetened with additional sugar. A lot of fruit juices are sweetened with sugar, and they may not even say sugar on the label. It may be hidden under some other name, which I'll get to in a bit. Barbecue sauce contains sugar. Lots of granolas have sugar in them, and ketchup contains um, sugar. I think it might contain high fructose corn syrup even, which... It's probably the worst of processed sugars. And they do make ketchup without sugar. Um, and so it pretty much tastes the same. A great way to reduce your intake of added sugar is to crowd them out with naturally sweet fruits and vegetables. So these could be things like cooked carrots, beets, sweet potatoes. Those can help um, if you're craving something sweet. And then just increasing your fruit intake overall will help stop cravings for processed sugar. The fruit and sugar is not the same as refined sugar, so don't worry about eating too much fruit. Fruit is an incredible source of energy. It contains living microbes, antioxidants, um, anti-tumor properties, a huge variety of vitamins and minerals, fiber, and all these things that make up fruit are so important for proper bodily functions and protection against disease. And I'm going to do a whole episode on fruit next week um, and just talking about like, you know, not to be afraid to eat fruit because there is this stigma that it has that it's, you know, going to cause weight gain and all this. And it, it really doesn't. 
because um, not all sugar is the same. Fruit sugar is a natural sugar, and so our body treats it differently when it's been ingested. If you do feel like you crave sugar or sweets all the time, just eat as much fruit as you like. It fights diseases and aids in uh, healing and reducing inflammation, so it's only just gonna help benefit your body by doing that. Uh, so anytime you crave something sugary, just make sure you have some fruit on hand. And then when reading a nutrition label, companies will often give sugar different names in order to hide the fact that the product contains sugar. So I'm gonna give you a list of different names of sugar that you might find on a nutrition label. And I'm gonna put this list on my blog and I'll post it on my story as well. So it'd be something that you can print out or screenshot and just have on hand. So I'll go ahead and read the list right now. Um, it's a little long and some things you may not know how to spell, which is why I'm gonna post the list. So here we go. Barley malt, buttered syrup, cane juice, caramel, carob syrup, confectioner's sugar, dextrin, dextrose, evaporated cane juice, fructose, fruit juice, high fructose corn syrup, maltodextrin, muscovado, palm sugar, rice syrup, saccharose, sorghum syrup, sucrose, sucralose, sugar, sweet sorghum, treacle, and turbinado sugar. Some of the names, it doesn't even seem like it would be something that is sugar, um, which is why it can be very deceiving. So just keep those in mind when you're reading the ingredients labels. There are a couple of healthy sweetener options that are actually healthy for us, and you can use these um, as a replacement for sugar or if you're craving sugar. So the first is maple syrup, and it has to be 100% pure maple syrup. Maple syrup is a natural sugar it contains high mineral content. Uh, it contains a vast array of different vitamins and minerals, kind of the way fruit does. And maple syrup quickly travels to the liver and it becomes instant fuel for the liver because the liver thrives on glucose and maple syrup is a readily available glucose. So it doesn't have to work to break it down to make it into glucose. Again, make sure it's 100% pure maple syrup because if it's not, it could be made out of high fructose corn syrup and it's just colored to look like maple syrup. Uh, and I knew this, but I didn't really think it was true. And then a day last year, I was having a cheat meal and I got pancakes from IHOP and I got it to go and they give you the packets of syrup and I was gonna use my own anyway because I have some at home, but then I was curious, so I read the ingredients label and sure enough, that was what the main ingredient was, was high fructose corn syrup. So just be careful, like just read, read it and make sure it says um, that the only ingredient is 100% pure maple syrup because if it's not, then it's not gonna benefit you in any way. Another healthy sweetener option is raw honey. Raw honey contains a combination of natural sugar that the liver needs, and then it also contains vitamins, minerals, and other nutrients. Honey is also antimicrobial, which means it's antiviral, antibacterial, and antifungal all packed into one. So when it heads to the liver, it's broken down 
and it gives the liver everything it needs at once, which is help strengthening the immune system instantly, as well as providing energy. Raw honey also contains a ton of phytochemicals from the flowers that the bees once harvested for pollen, which then those phytochemicals enter the liver in a healthy way, giving the liver energy to continue filtering out other toxins that may be entering your body throughout the day. And we have toxins entering our body all the time that we're not even aware of, whether it's stuff we breathe in or tiny part plastic particles that are hidden in foods. And so honey helps the liver to be able to filter out those toxins. So when you're trying to crowd out like processed sugars, these are two great things to turn to to help with sugar cravings. You can put them in your coffee to make a sweet coffee that's still healthy. Uh, you can get a bowl of berries and drizzle honey over it or maple syrup over it. Get creative and put it on some things that you would normally eat for a change. And then you can know that even though it's sweet and tastes like you're having sugar, it's not processed sugar. So hopefully this episode was helpful at understanding why processed sugar is bad for us in more than just causing weight gain. And hopefully next time you are shopping, you'll be able to pick out the hidden names for sugars on the ingredients labels, or just be able to make some healthy swaps instead of eating something that contains processed sugar. And remind yourself that it's so easy to feel like a bottomless pit when it comes to eating yummy desserts or different sugary snacks that may just be at our fingertips. Uh, remember that you should just eat one cookie if you're going to cheat and have one versus eating an entire package because at the end of the day, each one's going to taste the same. So you might as well just have one and create less stress on the body. Thank you for listening and join me next week as I talk more about all the amazing benefits of fruit. Bye.